Hello and welcome back to another Mean Green Podcast, episode two. We've made it further than most podcasts make it. We've made it to the second episode. I am so proud of us. Uh, just really happy about making it this far. We need more listeners. I mean, bottom line, I would like more listeners. I think you probably agree with that, Milo. Yeah, well, it's always nice to have a few more vis- a few more uh, listeners, yeah. you know. But it, it is what it is, you know. We do this for our own enjoyment, and uh, yeah, we love the sounds of our own voices. So. Indeed, I I love it. You know, I always have the the microphone on feedback just so I can hear my voice my voice say the same thing I said again. You know, it's <laughs> just I don't I don't know how when I'm at press conferences when I ask questions. I don't know how everyone in the room just doesn't start asking me. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, because you're the coach. Yeah. All right. How, how's your week been, man? It's been good. It's been good. Um, got a little bit of a little bit of time to myself to kind of reflect and uh, just <laughs> some some good some good time alone, right? You know, just there you spending go. spend some time alone. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been good. Yeah. You live with your girlfriend. I live alone. So, yeah. So so thanks for that. All of my time is alone. All of my time I mean, is alone I'll, time. Nah, you know, it's 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 a good thing every once in a while to you know just have some time to yourself and you get I, I to agree. do things that you wouldn't normally do around, oh, around others. Yeah. You know, no, 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 nothing, nothing like that. But um, <laughs> you know, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I get I get to what you're saying. Uh, ever since uh, I will be honest though, like ever since summer ended, so. Ever since Casey, Casey, my girlfriend, ever since she moved back to Boston after summer, like my apartment has felt more lonely than it usually does, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, you know, that, that happens, but uh, I guess you get used to it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I fill the yeah. void with another Mean Green podcast, and it just brings a smile to my face every time we record. There you go. So yeah. a lesson for anybody that's listening, all five people that listen so far. <laughs> Um, if you are ever feeling lonely, just t- turn on just, another Mean Green podcast. Yeah, you that's, you know, I think that's those are words to live by, really. Um, yeah. The another Mean Green podcast has been proven to uh, bring some more smiles per capita than anything else. Um, but let's get let's get right into the episode. I don't know what we're talking about. Let's get right into the episode. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, a thing at UNT that happened. It's it's pertinent news to us. We were I'm still a journalism major. I don't got my degree yet or, or have my degree yet. That's why I don't have it yet, because I just had got my degree. Um, English, yeah. I don't. Yeah, it, it's taken away that GSP met test, man. Y'all follow, but, y'all follow AP style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In my voice, I make sure to edit myself as I talk. But um, I want to talk a little bit about that. Then we'll get into some UNT versus Central Arkansas stuff, and we'll end the episode out with some predictions. But before that, I do want to start out with a story that was broken by a former employer of both of us, the North Texas Daily. Uh, Ishmael Bakora wrote this story um, this this morning. So the the dean, the executive dean of the university, has proposed a restructuring of class for people that don't know what class is. Uh, it is the College of Liberal Arts and Social Sciences, uh, which includes the Mayborn School of Journalism, which would pretty much see the school turn into more of a department. Um, so instead of instead of everything being under the Mayborn School of Journalism, it would instead go into different departments. So the, is the article on the NT Daily uh says that it would switch into communication studies media arts and dance and theater um and and that's the kind of kicker right there that dance and theater would be considered under this new umbrella because to me that's nothing to do with the degree that i'm getting and the degree that you're getting or that you have yeah yeah i think it's um they're even describing it as a downgrade or as a um, demotion of the mayborn school of journalism um, which definitely is not a good look for UNT and all journalism students as well at UNT right now. Um, I don't know. I wish we could kind of put up this visual graph that we have 
yeah. um, that NT Daily provided us with. Um, but in this graph, we can kind of see that they're splitting up the College of Liberal Arts and Social Sciences into multiple schools. Um, there's, and I think, obviously, I think the names are probably going to change. But as of right now, they've got it listed as the School of Green, the School <laughs> of White, the School of Eagles. I know we're okay. kind of laughing at that. Okay, the, the, school, the School of White is crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, okay. But the School of Green um, holds the journalism program, media yeah. arts, broadcasting. Very interesting to see that broadcasting is no longer under journalism or yeah. would no longer be under journalism under this proposed plan. Remember, this is just proposed right now. Yeah. Um, so nothing is set in stone. They're, they're going to discuss this, obviously. Um, but broadcasting is now its own entity under this proposed plan, uh, which is really weird, but interesting as well. Communication studies, Technical communication, as you said, dance and theater, and then game design, which game seems like design. an outlier. It seems like just as much of an outlier as dance and theater. But yeah. I mean, I guess that's what flies in the school of green, right? <laughs> what happens in the school of green stays yeah. in the school of green. Look, I chose the Mayborn School of Journalism as my, you know, degree plan where I wanted to go to school. I chose UNT because of its distinct journalism program. And I tweeted this out today. Uh, got a got a good bit of traction there with that tweet. Um, but there's oh, been a did, bunch you of- You did numbers? Bunch of Let me go tweets. check the numbers. Hey, they're good numbers for me. They're good numbers for me and, and all of my uh, 200 followers. Um, but I said that the Mayborn School of Journalism holds value in the state of Texas because it is distinct from the College of Liberal Arts and Social Sciences. It's its own being, kind of. I mean, it it does fall under College of Liberal Arts and Social Sciences, but it is its own being, if that makes sense. I mean, I know to you and I that makes sense, but yeah. like to someone who, to an outsider who's just listening into this, they might not really get it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I think it's a downgrade. There are so many schools that do not have a distinct journalism school, but instead journalism studies are just lumped under a general liberal arts and sciences um, school. Um, I mean, I can name a couple and, you know, I'm subject to being fact checked as always. (laughs) Um, But off the top of my head, if I remember correctly, there are schools like St. Angelo State University. I applied to... uh, I applied to them when I was a senior in high school. Yeah. They were kind of kind of my my safety school, my backup school, but I applied to them anyways. I was <laughs> instantly turned off by the fact that they didn't have a distinct journalism school. Yeah. Um I'm not too sure if I know I also applied to Texas Tech. I'm not too sure if they have a distinct journalism school. I could be wrong. I don't think they do you don't think they do yeah the i don't top know of my head i don't think i do yeah they do um I, I don't i know ut obviously they have one um but it's just things like that like there are schools that have distinct journalism programs and then there are those that don't and it's a big um it's a big attraction for yeah. any like prospective journalism students like for sure. i don't know that was that was a big pull for me mm-hmm yeah, and you know, I I completely agree with you in that regard. Um, credit to the and you're you're not going to hear me say this very often. I'm sure people that listen to this podcast also uh, follow me on Twitter, so you'll be kind of shocked to hear this. Uh, credit to the North Texas Daily. Um, <laughs> I know I heard you laugh, but I'm being serious. Uh, credit to the NT, NT Daily. Uh, really well uh, put together story. Uh, I've I've formerly worked with Ismail Bokora, a very talented individual, um, great, greatly written story, gave us the content that we needed to kind of talk about this on our podcast. And yes, we know where I mean green athletics podcast, where we're going to be talking about UNT football and basketball in a few months, you know, to that. Those are the kind of things we stick to, but, you know, is a current uh, journalism major at UNT like myself, and somebody who graduated from the Mayborn School of Journalism like Milo, we found it important to talk about it today. And yeah, I'm, I reflect your your points, Milo. I think you 
you really summed it up pretty well. Um, I most people are saying exactly what you're saying on Twitter, and a lot of uh, professors that I've had actually have uh, have been pretty vocal about it. I won't name their names here, but um, on X or Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, they've been they've been kind of pissed about the move, and that makes sense, you know, because you're right that does kind of you know it's a demotion it's, it's a demotion yeah I mean, it, that's literally what nt daily called it and i've seen a bunch of other people calling it too it's and it can potentially tarnish the degrees for people that maybe don't have jobs yet you know it's scaring oh, me a little bit yeah. you know it's scaring me a little bit as someone who hasn't graduated because now when i graduate it used to be like oh we graduated from the mayborn school of journalism now now my is my degree if this is passed is it still going to say Mayborn School of Journalism because that's what I started in? Or when I graduate, will it be like University of North Texas got a degree in digital and broadcast journalism, a bachelor's degree from the School of Green? Yeah, like, that's I, that's kind of exactly what I, that was my first reaction to it. My first reaction was, I mean, I'm upset hearing this news. It kind of devalues my degree in a sense where my degree, when I, you know, when a prospective employer sees my resume and they see, oh, he got a, a, a bachelor's degree from UNT in journalism and he sees Mayborn School of Journalism on it. He goes to look up Mayborn School of Journalism and all of a sudden finds out that it's not its own thing. And it's just kind of like within a, a department. Um, it exactly. could potentially devalue it, you know. You know, and that means a lot more to you, especially because, you know, when I when I'm applying for stuff, when I'm going to be applying for stuff, it's more like more than likely going to be in Texas. You're out of state at this point. So yeah. not everybody is going to know about UNT's program, not to scare you or anything, but like, right, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's kind of the thing. It's like if, if somebody from the state you live in looked at that and said, oh, I, first of all, they're going University of North Texas. huh?" Um, yeah. But then, you know, a lot of people do know it, but, you know, it just doesn't hold the same weight as it may have before if if it does if this proposal does get um accepted which you know it's kind of i kind of feel like it will i don't know what your premonition is but i, I feel like it will be because it's more I about I, I don't know i don't want to like know, tarnish the school too much but. no absolutely but i i feel like i've also seen this perspective being mentioned on twitter um, the university, it, it seems like within recent years, they're kind of prioritizing money over yeah. the actual education itself. Um, and this, seem, this seems like a move to just make the Mayborn as broad and kind of accepting as possible, yeah. potentially. Now, again, we don't know, like, let's say this actually does go into effect. They might still keep the same requirements to get into or to be a journalism major. Um, but as of right now, like my initial thoughts on it, you know, I, I feel like this could potentially be a move to um, just accept more students and kind of get more money from them, maybe, right? Yeah, for sure. And I don't, this is kind of screwed up to say about like human beings, but like, I think in the last few years, it certainly has been, excuse me, uh, quantity over quality, kind of. Oh yeah, because absolutely. When you, when you and I entered the school, we had to take the grammar, spelling, and punctuation test. Uh, that is basically it was just a test to uh, make sure. Well, it's exactly what it sounds like. I don't have to mansplain that it's grammar, spelling, and punctuation. But um, yeah, that you had to pass that to get in. Like you were not allowed to enter the school until you passed that test. Of course, no, I got a one hundred on the first I did. Day of trial. <laughs> I just want to jump in real quick. I did look it up today just to kind of make sure that what we're saying is correct, um, that the GSP is still around or not. Um, I'm not too sure if it is. I've heard some people say that it's not around anymore, um, but I did look it up and there is still a web page, uh, a UNT website saying that you do have to take the GSP and journalism students are required in order to, to take those entry-level journalism classes. Um, so again, I don't know if it's fully still there or not, but I mean, I'll, I'll leave that up to you. You're, you're yeah, the student I, there. So I, I had heard from a few people because, you know, when I was the editor at the ND daily, the sports editor, let's be very clear that I was the sports editor, um, at the daily, um, 
I had a couple of people that were a year younger than me. It was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, we never had to take that. And I'm like, that explains a whole lot. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but just going forward. Um, yeah. I think just to sum up both of our, of our, uh, thoughts here, I, it's slightly disappointing for sure. Um, something that we certainly don't want to see past. And, you know, as a current student now and Milo is an alumni, it's just not something that would be good for anybody, really, except for money. And I, I think education is more important than monetary benefit, personally. But who are we? We're just a couple yeah. of goobers talking on a podcast. Yeah. But this is just our initial thoughts on it. And yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens, right? We'll see yeah, we'll happens. see how the story develops. If something does happen, we'll be sure to mention it again on the podcast because I am convinced that there are people that will only listen to us for different UNT sports stuff. And then they'll listen to this and be like, okay, well, now I'm in, invested in this. So uh, yeah. for that, the two people that cared about what we just said, um, we got you going forward. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, let's get into, let's get, let's get off the campus and get onto the gridiron. Um UNT is facing uh, Abilene Christian University this weekend at FCS school. For those who don't know, um, UNT is just coming off a bye week. Uh, they had their first bye week of the season this week. Um, kind of got a little bit of a break after that. After that taxing is what the word I'll use. Louisiana Tech game, that uh, thriller that ended 40-37 with the 32-yard field goal from Noah Rauschenberg ending things but this is the first time in the morris era that the mean green are taking a win into a game so a little bit of an opportunity here i wrote this a little bit earlier um bit of an opportunity here to to capture uh growing momentum heading into heading into the naval academy or the naval academy they're all entering no uh heading into the navy game uh the week after this week so just my initial thoughts is that the, I mean, this is a game UNT should should win easily. Should be heading into Annapolis, uh, two and two back at five hundred, clean slate for the rest of the season. I think it's imperative that they get there. But I just kind of want to get your thoughts on that, Mila. Yeah, I think it's a game that um, you got to win, right? You got to win. You got to build momentum off your Louisiana Tech win. Um, you finally have confidence in your quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, he balled out last game, played pretty good, and you just want to build off it. And you're heading into – it's an FCS school. It's a no – you would think on paper it's a no-brainer that they're going to win this game. But, you know, the Mean Green, like we've seen earlier this season, they <laughs> dropped one to FIU, and then they also dropped their game against – all right, well, Cal was kind of – Okay, know, Cal was never going to be a win. Yeah. We can't yeah. – yeah. But they lost against FIU, and then who, who else did they lose against? They lost against. Uh... They lost to they lost to a FIU and um, and Cal. And Cal, that's it. Yeah. 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 So um, they could surprise us with a loss, right? Every now and then. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't get think into predictions yeah, yet. Yeah, I I don't I don't think that that is going to happen, and it shouldn't happen. But at the end of the day, the main thing is just build off that momentum. And I think I saw someone say that if they win this game, they're at 500 going into conference play. You right? heard me say that. <laughs> I heard you say that. There you go. If they win this game, they're five, they're two and two going into conference play. And you just want to keep building off that, right? Those first two games of the season when you started 0 and 2, dust it off. It's whatever. It's okay. You and, dropped Cal, which was kind of to be expected. And then FIU was a little bit of a, of a blunder, but, you know, just dust it off and you're two and two now. Look at that conference schedule, Milo. Look at it. So they start at Navy. That's not going to be easy. The triple option is going to kill them. Uh, well, may kill them. I don't want to say that for sure. Uh, they could They could surprise us. College football is unpredictable. But looking at the defense right now, 130th out of 130th. And I'm going to say this like a WWE announcer. And still um, last in the country on defense. Um, they then go to Temple, Tulane. And then the big the big kicker is playing the four American Co Athletic Conference uh, favorites in a row, starting with Memphis on homecoming at the end of the month, and then ending at Southern Methodist University SMU for the final time in God knows who how long uh, on November tenth. 
Um, so that that win, like Saturday, while it may not look like on paper a game that UNT should be completely worrying about, like never want to discredit an opponent. That was Morris's message yesterday yeah. on Tuesday at the press conference. Oh, you know, never want to discount these guys. They'll be coming out very hot. And, you know, he's right. He's right. I mean, I asked him uh, what his perspective was since he was an FCS head coach at UIW for three years. I kind of asked him what what his thoughts were going into these kind of games when he was a coach. And he, the answer he gave me was, these kids are hungry. You know, the FCS kids, they uh, want to be somewhere higher than they are. And, and kind of playing an FBS team is – um for a lot of them, they feel like an audition, you know, even the coaching staff. So, yeah. you know, game UNT should win. But it's you Yeah. It's important. It is. And I say that because when you look at the conference schedule ahead, finding four wins to get bowl eligible in that schedule looks a little spicy. No, it's, it's a little scarce, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at it. Um, they're not beating Tulane, right? <laughs> Um, maybe they could, I, they could steal one against UTSA, but go ahead and maybe. maybe. Yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, you know, rivalry game, you never know what happens. Yeah. You know, could they stole one last year, right? Wasn't it last year? They beat UTSA, was un, no, undefeated. That was, but they were, that was uh, yeah, in 2021, UTSA came into Denton, god awful day, rainy, cold is all blessed, and yeah. UNT kicked their ass. That's, I mean, that. That's the only way to put it. Like, if I could have written that in the story I wrote for that day, it would have been UTSA's perfect season ruined as North Texas kicks their ass. Like, because that's what happened. It was it was 45-28, I believe, was the score. It was cold. It was miserable. Frank Harris left halfway through the game. Marburger couldn't do anything, which might be the story of UTSA going forward. Um, you didn't hear that from me, though. Um <laughs> So, you know, you, you say maybe they can steal one there, but I don't have confidence that UNT is going to be able to get SMU, Memphis. Yeah, no SMU. No um, Tulane. No Tulane. I think Tulsa and UAB, maybe. It, dep- it depends how they're feeling, and it depends how much momentum that they've got, right? If, they're, yeah. if they've gotten their ass kicked five games in a row <laughs> – it's probably yeah. going to become six, yeah, right? Not going to be great. No, I would. Yeah, I would assume that morale might not be the highest heading into there if they yeah. if they lost five in a row. But I mean, man, it, it's just tough to look at that schedule because you say, okay, maybe they maybe they catch Navy by surprise, maybe they catch Temple by surprise. Oh, but then you just have to go on the road to the the Crescent City and take on Tulane, uh, the Cotton Bowl winners last year well-sized yeah. team best quarterback in the conference and i will fight every utsa fan on that pratt is the best quarterback in the conference he's better than harris um well he's not hope- a he's not a sixth year right <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you i don't know what year pratt is but michael pratt is not as old as frank harris frank harris can dude he can apply for a senior discount at this point yeah. but <laughs> But, uh, oh, man, when Frank Harris is healthy, it's a it's a better conference. Like, in all honesty, you want to see you want to see players like that play. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not old when they said he was. That doesn't mean he should hang him up from college. Right. He's like Austin Ani out here. <laughs> oh, no, bro. No one's like Austin Ani. I, I remember it, what's it called at a spring camp. And I guess it was last season. When he announced he was coming back, he was like, "My old ass is never leaving." <laughs> I was like, "Damn, Jesus, go feed your I kids!" Can't be- I can't believe, bro- I can't believe he just said that. Then he left. Come on now, oh my God. how could he leave? He was the hero uh, UNT needed, but he did have a really good season in all seriousness. Um, but you know, we've talked about it on the podcast. I act like we've had like a huge podcast episode listing but like we talked about it in the first podcast uh the defense um if it doesn't improve unt can kiss any semblance of bowl eligibility out the window um the defense was i mean we can talk about that now i was going to talk about it a little bit later but we kind of got to talk about it now they tried some four-man fronts against louisiana tech because the base defense of mac is a three-three-five 
obviously that wasn't working. Um, it worked a couple of times against the rush. The I, I believe they were playing a four-two-five. Um, worked a couple of times. They were getting some uh, progress at the line of scrimmage. Uh, they were winning the trench battle a couple times. Mason Richards looked really good in the four-man front uh, when he had been kind of struggling in the three-man front, but going back to defensive end after he played linebacker last year for UNT. Um, kind of got him going a little bit. That could be big going forward. But ultimately, the, the results were about the same in either scheme that they lined up in. I mean, no matter what look they went in, and Moore said this yesterday on Tuesday, um, the, the defense still got torched, whether it was torched with a four-man front or torched in a three-man front. I mean, overall torching just uh, yeah just not yeah. good yeah I, I said that in our last episode um the defense has to get better i think you said they're they're um 130th out of 130th in in both categories right uh in, in both, team uh, defense in team defense yeah so uh it's got to get better if you're going to torch against a conference usa school um <laughs> two weeks in a row two weeks two weeks in a row jesus yeah fiu as well um Good Lord. I mean, Abilene <laughs> Christian coming in should be like a spoon fed to you. It should be like, all right, you couldn't handle the two conference USA schools. So we're going to send in an FCS school. So you can, you know, kind of dip your toes in the big Dude, boy game. Right. It's like, yeah, it's so- like in two, it's like in two K when you play so bad and you're, and you like get sent down to bronze three. It's like, well, you couldn't beat the bronze two people. So let's bring you to the bronze three folks. Let's see if you can do well against them. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're on this UNT defense, but at the end of the day, they got to figure it out if they want to win. So, um, you know, hopefully they get things turned around on that front. Yeah. And I mean, they have to, because they're not going to win. Well, first of all, they're not going to win another game, probably, after Abilene Christian, if the defense oh, doesn't yeah. get figured out. I mean, the offense looks really good. I'm not going to lie. The offense looks fantastic, especially run by Rodgers. Under Rogers. Rogers, yeah. Yeah, under Rodgers, the ball moves well. They got a great deal of weapons, you know, got still without Akaka Ragsdale, uh, lower body injury, um, out for the season. Big blow especially to an injury-prone running back room. But Iowa well, Dave... I just want to jump back. I'm sorry. I just yeah. want to jump back to the topic of Rodgers. When was the last time UNT had a scrambling quarterback? Oh, man. I Jason Bean, 2020? I mean, yeah, but he wasn't even a starter, right? Well, he, he was... Played, the, he played... A, he, split he split time. time. Yeah. He was, he was a uh, platoon with Austin <laughs> Ani. And, and he wasn't as good as uh, Rodgers, right? He wasn't as good as what we saw from Rogers yesterday or not I, yesterday, but last week at before. UNT. No, but I mean, looking at how Jason Bean has done at Kansas backing up Jalen Daniels, you know, you kind of go, okay, well, yeah, maybe Jason Bean had more talent than they thought because, you know, he wasn't like better than Daniels, but he filled in pretty well for him last season. It was nice to watch UNT have a quarterback that can actually move the ball. Um, I feel like, you know, fine. Ani, I mean, both pocket passers, right? So, well, fine um, had that deceptive quickness. He but did. He was, he was a little too small to be taking those hits, you know. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't want him running the ball, and he had a cannon arm, so he didn't really need to all that much. Yeah. Sit back and relax. You're listening to another podcast i don't know but yeah i see where you're coming from i mean rogers throws the ball real accurate i think that's a big deal as well um i mean if we're just looking at his stats from from uh from saturday's game i mean it was maybe like the best overall quarterback play in a single game that UNT has seen in, in a good three years, I would say. <laughs> that says a lot. That says uh, a it, lot, right? Austin Ani had some great games, but Austin Ani never was super accurate. That was kind of his issue. Um, 24 for 41, that's 58% of his passes. Not great, but 313 yards, two tutties, nine attempts – rushing for 35 yards 
So he wasn't like lighting it up, running the ball, but he showed that scramble ability. Showed he real wasn't life. afraid to get the legs no. moving, right? No, and I mean yeah. that monster block that UNT posted. Oh yeah, you know the the kid obviously plays the game with a certain level. Well, I say kid; he's older than me. Uh, the guy obviously plays the game with a with a, a, an attitude. You know, he he has a chip on his shoulder, and you know, he, you can tell he just plays different he's been here he's been there and done this that was my whole point the whole time he's been there and he's done this the guy has 19 fbs starts now how he didn't win the job regardless of how stone earl did i do not care how stone earl did at any scrimmage or fall camp regardless of how he did how is chandler rogers not taking the field we first against cal exactly you know yeah. and it, I know it's easy to say, I told you so after Stone Earl didn't really work. But I will say, I told you so. Because all camp, my narrative on my stories, not saying I, I write my stories with a different spin on them. I write it how I see it. I thought that even though Stone Earl looked better and looked pretty good, I was convinced that Chandler Rogers should have been the guy throughout all camp. I do not care what somebody does at practice. Practice is not the game. In every game situation that they threw, that I was able to see, that they put Chandler Rogers in, he showed pocket presence, he showed confidence, and he acted like a veteran quarterback that had been there before because he's a veteran quarterback that has been there before. And he's proving that. And that game against Louisiana Tech, I don't want to get too much into it because we did talk about it in the last episode, but it's true. You cannot deny that the guy was just the better quarterback in that room. Yeah, Period. absolutely. I think Period. if I remember correctly, even when they got him, even when they brought him to North Texas, I think he was the fan consensus immediately. I remember people going on Twitter saying, we got our quarterback, right? I mean, hell, it was hell, very hell. interesting. It was very interesting to see that week one, he's not out there. That's what I'm starting, saying. Brett, right? Brett and I of the Denton Record Chronicle, um, you know, me and Brett Vito, we both wrote in our stories when Chandler Rogers committed in December, we both wrote UNT has found its starter. Yeah. Because when you see a kid transfer into a program that dearly needed a quarterback, dearly needed a quarterback in UNT that has 18 FBS starts had the, I, I don't want to say this off the top of my head. So I'm going to stat check it real quick. I got the pages pulled up. This isn't like the last pod. I actually prepared for this. Um, he was 13th in the country last season in, per- in passing percentage at ULM with 67.5%. I do not care how the kid plays at practice or if Stone Earl looks better at, in whenever in the final two scrimmages, he earned it or whatever. I do not care. Chandler Rogers has 18 starts. Let him try to prove that to you in the game. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, and you know, it, it, I, I'm not it, like I I know I'm just talking pretty intensely, but hey, come on, skip. But no, like, <laughs> skip. <laughs> but no, it's it's true. Um, he he's proven that, and he's the guy going forward. I mean, there's no doubt that, barring injury you'll see Chandler Look, Rogers. I, I, I think I think even if he goes out and has a game against Abilene Christian, which might not it probably is not gonna happen, but in the event that he has a shitty game against Abilene Christian, I still think they better not go back to Stone Earl, right? You gotta ride this guy out and see what happens, right? Because I'm pretty damn sure that they're gonna go they they play a little bit better under Rogers. And Stone Earl. Well, you don't have to be pretty damn sure. It, it's it's you see it. You look, see it in the stats. Yeah. It's one of those rare moments that you see it in the stats that he looks better, and then you see it with your eyeballs that he's the better quarterback. And that's nothing against Stone Earl. Chandler Rogers, like I said, has just been here and done that before. He's knows what it's like to lead a group of guys. He did it for twelve games last season against big competition. You know, they played a tough game against Coastal Carolina. That's probably Chandler Rogers' best career line. He, I believe he had like a pass, like 
a 90% completion percentage in that game. Like insane stuff. The kid is accurate and that's all they need him to be. That's all they need him to be. And he looks great. But just wrapping back around here, Chandler Rogers cannot do anything. Chandler Rogers or or the offense. Iowa Day had a really good day. Need to mention that. Iowa Day running back 148 yards, two tutties uh, uh, against Louisiana Tech. Big day for him. That's going to be huge if Io can do that consistently. Uh, you know, big, big things for that. And that's a running back room with Isaiah Johnson for short yardage and then Oscar Attaway, kind of the everything guy. But Io is the most explosive man in that room for sure, I would yeah. say. You know, the fastest running back on the team and the most explosive, the, really the most exciting to watch. So, you know, if they can get him going, get him consistent reps and, and carries that he needs, then that will be huge for the team going forward. But you just it's unfortunate for UNT to talk about the offense because you go, okay, got a solid quarterback in Chandler Rogers, got great weapons in Jamori Macklin, Damon Ward, Trey Cleveland, all have had uh, their moments this season. And then you go, well, even if they score 40 points, the defense is probably going to give up 56. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a problem and it's, yeah. it, it's unfortunate for that offense because I, I truly think that this offense has potential to finish, you know, in the upper half of the American athletic conference this season in total offense, they have talent on that spot of the ball and they're really starting to get Morris's concepts. And, you know, Louisiana tech was kind of the fruition of everything offensively coming together a little bit, had some penalties were really, really bad in the red zone. But if they can figure it out in the red zone, get a little more disciplined, not turn over the ball, which they did do great at against Louisiana Tech, then that offense will be fine. But that defense is abysmal. Yeah, they got to get it together. But they I do. think we've said that. I think we've said that. We've, we've made our point. Uh, yeah, we've, we've last said our point in this episode. We've yeah. made our point, but and you know you can't even like you can't even like call out a position group you can't be like well the linebackers haven't been great and the, oh the defensive You're line dead last awful. everybody's yeah it, it's like oh the defense oh, the at any every level of defense they've kind of been awful and yeah. the huge issue which morris pretty much he sounds like a broken record i guess the, this is his uh, one day better his <laughs> one day his one day better is we can't tackle struggling with tackling so he every well, I mean, week at least he's, he's calling it as it is right that is one so thing just I give, respect some generic one day better one day better one day better uh all three phases uh but eric morris you know he's been very very on i, I want to get your opinion on this while while we're talking about this so eric morris is very very honest uh he does not sugarcoat things he will say if they sucked he said well I believe the word he used after the cow game was atrocious. That oh, that was atrocious, and no, we can't tackle. And oh, I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and uh, you know that's on me. The culture's not great. We need to improve this. We need to get everyone bought in. Like, I think that's probably a positive. But I want to get your perspective yeah, on it. Absolutely. Um, I believe the saying is honesty is the best form of flattery. <laughs> And no, I, I think by all means, two. you just did make I, the first two. Did I? Oh, yeah, well, I, cre- I created a the... new saying. I created <laughs> a new saying then because I really think that this is what UNT needs. You need a guy. I mean, you just had Mr. Bullet for how many of your five years? <laughs> I mean, the guy literally he'd go up the he'd go, he'd go up to the podium after every game, be like, we gotta get better, we gotta get stronger, we gotta, you know, just spewing generic terms right i think that's just because he wasn't good with media right well yeah but he also wasn't good as a coach because they had no bowl wins right no bowl wins i I think a couple good seasons but ah, man it's hard that was really on him to capture latrell's legacy at unt is like asking to decipher a million year old hieroglyphics you just can't really do it because there's no definite answer right because like i was saying Go ahead. We went to five bowl games in seven years, and he won none. And they he won. won well, none that, well, that's what his like. That's what his legacy is. When he left, I said the legacy of Seth Luttrell is that he had big opportunities and never capitalized. Yeah, but I I mentioned this earlier. But how much of it was actually him? 
right? How much of it was actually him? Because for the majority of his time at UNT, he had a pretty damn good roster in front of him, right? Under Mason Fine. Okay, yeah. And those Under years, Mason Fine, like, yeah. And, and that was what, like four years? That was 16 was his first year. Uh, 17 was a really good roster. 18 was really good roster. And then 19, uh, they had talent, but just couldn't win very much. Yeah. Nine, well, 19, um, no, Fine didn't get injured, but uh, someone got he injured was, in 19. He right? was, well, yeah, Fine was injured a little bit in, in 19. He was still getting over some injuries because if you remember in 18, uh, he started the new the New Mexico Bowl, but was just like, he, he left like two quarters. Oh, yeah, in. he left. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I was a sophomore in high school. So, yeah, you didn't even know who the mean green were, right? Uh, so my sister <laughs> probably did. went yeah. to UNT and she was watching the game and then Mason Fine got injured and she turned the TV off. I didn't even know UNT was a school when I was a sophomore in high school. Well, you lived in SA. I mean, I lived all I, I, I knew don't... about UTSA. Well, Good yeah, of course. Well, you lived, in, you, you lived in UTSA. I can tell you at Keller Timber Creek, UNT had a very high presence. Uh, my journalism yeah. advisor went to UNT, so well, that's know. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's but, what he was like. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so UNT has to get a turnaround uh, defensively, yeah. and Eric Morris. I think you know. I just want to kind of answer your question because I don't think I ever fully did. Um, I think it's good that he's being honest, but at the same time, you got to live up to what you say, right? If you're sitting there going up to the podium. You're saying, oh, we got to tackle more. We're not tackling guys. We're not getting guys on guys, right? Um, yeah. You can't be saying the same thing by week five or week six, right? So you, you got you to gotta deliver on your promises. Um, and I guess only time will tell how good this team performs on the Morris, right? Because we've only seen three games. For sure. And they're not going to be going up against uh, anybody to put your nose at. I mean, just looking at this ACU roster – let me let me tell you, this is one of the best names I've ever heard. Maverick McIver is their quarterback. Uh, you may remember him. QB name. Yeah, his, what was he? He was born out of, dude, I guarantee you his first words were, 180, check, check. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm telling you, because what, that is like the most quarterback name of all time. Yeah. Maverick McIver, are you kidding me? Uh, I remember distinctly from him getting recruited to uh, Tech, and he did play a little bit at Tech before uh, he transferred to um, Abilene Christian. Uh, and at one point, he was in the same quarterback room uh, as uh, as guys like like Bowman from Tech and uh, and uh, Donovan Smith, who's now at Houston. But after 2021, he did a transfer to Abilene Christian been really solid for them. He threw uh, 2,212 yards for them last year was just solid. Um, he's one of their better weapons. He went to a uh, San Angelo central. I don't know if you know where, well, you lived closer to central Texas than I did. Um, but no, Dude, he's San just Angelo is still five hours away. That's so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, Milo. <laughs> but no he's had he's had a pretty solid season uh 200 847 yards this season five touchdowns one interception pretty good ratio there uh completion percentage has hung around uh low 60s high 50s uh so just solid you know about what you'd expect from a power five transfer to an fcs school um and joining him in that backfield is uh jeremiah dobbins very solid back they have um what he has done this season for the wildcats is he uh has rushed for 292 yards two touchdowns uh so not so not anything to stick your nose up top receiver on the team uh blaine taylor that's a another really just solid football name a blaine blaine taylor no age blaine I remember him from Saginaw High School. Uh, I grew up in that area, that North Tarrant County area. Um, he uh, 211 yards touchdown. He's been he's been Mr. McIver's 
can't get over that name maverick mciver's favorite target this season <laughs> so that that's kind of what they're looking at with central arkansas the defense is kind of iffy uh if we're just going down their schedule here did you say central uh, arkansas yeah they lost to central arkansas 52 17 abilene christian yeah, Abilene Christian lost to Central Arkansas 52-17 last year. Or last week. Oh, okay. And okay. I, I, I want to send you something here real quick. Um, Central Arkansas has the worst field in FBS, Smila. Let me take a look at it. Yeah, so not only did ACU get smoked, they got smoked on on this abysmal field that I'm about to show you. Um, it, it looks like where dreams go to die, to be honest with you. So we're going to wait here for Milo to get this on uh, Twitter, sending it. Um, then just get your thoughts on the field that ACU beefed on. Uh Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Oh Oh, yeah. All right. So let me take this through for, for listeners who don't know, let me take you through this. Uh, we're looking at, and this is a, for a reminder, the university of central Arkansas's field. Uh, they're a solid FCS program, have got top 25 votes this week uh, for FCS. Uh, they have black end zones with the bear paw on it. That's cool. But then throughout that, every 10 yards is striped dark purple and gray. It looks, looks like, like that's what I, it looks like a sweater that you would get from your grandmother for Christmas. And you go, Oh, thanks grandma. I love it. Like that's what it looks like. That is the worst looking field I've ever looked at. It, it, it doesn't help that it's like eggplant purple. You know, I'm going to say something that's might be a little controversial here, oh, but boy. you know, maybe this is what they need. Maybe they need a hideous field to get attention. <laughs> Because this stadium also is a glorified high school. It's not even glorified. It is a high school stadium. There's only, what, one section of bleachers there? I'm looking at a single stand here. in the. Yeah, I I understand that it's FCS, but, like, there are FCS schools with bigger stadiums than this. Like, that's – if you commit to Central Arkansas, I mean, obviously you didn't get a lot of offers to begin with, but, like, you got to be feeling pretty down. You're like, damn, my high school stadium was better than this. Yeah, and then you got to play on a, you got to play on that Where's Waldo mixed yeah. with uh, purple school. Oh my god, I don't know, but just going. <laughs> I wanted to show you that, yeah. just just so you could share my pain. That's a um, good way to, to end the segment off. There you go. Uh, I just want to look at. Go. Central Arkansas, or not Central Arkansas, all these ACU, UCA. Uh, I want to look at ACU's schedule. Just go down here. Uh, they got 31. They beat 31. They, holy moly, I'm having a stroke. They beat Northern Colorado 31-11. They beat Pavamu 45-16. They had a close loss to the number nine ranked UIW. Shout out Eric Morris, his former uh, squad that he uh, was the head coach of. Um they lost close to them 27-20. That gave them hope uh, heading into the Central Arkansas game uh, that was quickly demolished when they lost 52-17. So, ACU is coming off um, one of their, well, I, I don't know I'm saying one of their, their worst loss of the season. A tough game against a tough opponent on the worst field in FCS football, probably in Division One football. I think Eastern Washington still holds the cake for worst of like overall field, that big gray field. At least the purple adds something. But point being through all of this, Abilene Christian is not coming into this game with momentum at all. Yeah. And UNT is. And UNT is. So if you asked us, we'll give our predictions at the end of the show. But if you asked me right now, this is certainly a game UNT should not be losing. Uh, and I don't think they will, spoiler. Um, but you want to be dominating this opponent, and that will be the expectation. Yeah, if they lose this game, um, we're going to have some pretty ruthless stuff. <laughs> that, yeah. That's going to be an intense uh, episode three of another Mean Green podcast. Yeah, and I think uh, it's going to be pretty brutal all around on Mean Green Twitter, too. It's oh, be- my. Don't go onto the forum. 
I'm not going to give the website free press, but don't go into that forum. You better check that forum. Check Check that that forum. Check that timing and check that forum. And speaking of that timing, I was just checking my watch. It's time for Milo's take. Better check that timing. It's time for Milo's take. Oh, my favorite time. There you go. Of the day. Look, I think I got a pretty good take this weekend. Um, Alabama. They were a powerhouse for how long? Long time. Long Coming time. up 15 years. 15 years. Yep. Um, we all know what they've done in the past, um, but what they've done this season has not been very impressive for their standards. Um, right now, they're ranked number 12. That's a pretty big fall off. I don't, you can look this up because that would be a good stat for you to look up. When was the last time they fell out of the top 10? Oh, that's easy. Um, I believe it was two years ago. Two years ago, really? I'll, I'll double check that. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't I think remember. they've consistently been. No, they've consistently been in the top. Yeah. Under Saban, yeah. they've been in the top 10. So I say all this to say, Nick Saban, speaking of him, as part of my take, he's getting a little, he's getting a little up there, right? He's getting a little old. And oh, yeah, he is. I personally feel that um, I know I've seen a lot of people say that, oh, he has no intention of retiring at all. But if this Alabama team does not perform as good as they used to consistently, and if they continue to go downhill, I could see Nick Saban stepping away and calling it quits. Oh, man, you do. You like you really you really came in heavy with the. uh... With the uh, Milo's take today, you've I'm, I'm taking. Well, it back I mean, we've we've seen we've seen it in in other sports too, but I think in in collegiate sports, um, you know, Nick Saban. This is a guy who's he's been around for a long time. He's he's what is he the greatest football coach in NCAA history? I mean, it's you debatable. Could it's debatable. It. You could argue. Um, yeah, I would think I'd say he's up there. He's up. I mean, his own, only competition is another Alabama coach. Uh, Certainly, uh, you'd have to look at Mr. Bear Bryant as being up there with him. You know, there's a lot of different high or college coaches that you could look at uh, as being the best of all time, but it's hard to argue with uh, seven titles. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and um, to answer your question, uh, the last time they finished um, a season out of the, the top uh, 10 was in 2000. And 19, they played Michigan in the Verbo Citrus Bowl, sitting at number 14. Wow. Okay. So a little bit, a little bit earlier than I thought. I thought they'd been in the top 10 for a while. But anyways, my take still stands. Alabama. I, I feel like this is probably the end of their dominance for a while. Maybe. I mean, as when I say dominance, I mean you know being in the top five consistently. Yeah. Um, I think we've seen a lot of schools kind of on the rise um and it's only going to continue to you know those schools are only going to continue to rise up again i know your big texas boy um they're they're, they're rising they're coming allegedly back. allegedly yeah. i don't have it allegedly. i don't have any allegiances of course yeah um texas is one of them obviously colorado is the big one right now but they, i mean they haven't even gotten one season one one successful season in their new quote-unquote era so um, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, but overall, anyways, just getting back to my take, wrapping it up, Alabama football, if they continue to be on the skids, look out for Nick Saban. That's my and I, I, It's Milo's take. I'm not going to steal your segment. I, I will say Jalen Milrow hasn't really impressed me all that much this season, but neither has uh, Buckter or Buck Tyler Buck, Buckner or Buckter. I don't remember. The quarterback yeah, they got from got Notre Dame. a problem at, at QB. Yeah. But if if they can get Milrow going, Milrow's got a big arm, not very accurate, but very athletic. Uh, if they can get him going a little bit, then I, you know, they're still come, they're still contenders come come uh, end of November here. But uh, if they don't, then they're screwed. But I don't think that's the end of the dynasty. I think Nick Saban always finds a way. I think he struggled a little bit in the new era of college football with all the NIL and different things like that. But every coach kind of has, you know. Um, yeah, that that NIL has been really interesting. That's a good point you make because we've let's do some, seen a lot of schools on the rise for, from that. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's you don't want to say pay to play, but pay to play. Um, Let's get a way too early college football playoff prediction. What what four you got in? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, Give me one second. Let me pull up that top 25. Just (laughs) kind of look. I, you know, they're not in the top. top I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Right. You make a good point. But I I do. um, I know, obviously, the given is like Georgia, right? Georgia, I could see them going in, of course. Back to, I mean, back to back champs. Why would they not be competing again for a third year? Um, Yeah. Let's see. Georgia at one. Um, we could say Michigan. We could say I Michigan. Think, I think Michigan. Mich- I don't know. Hmm. I actually, I just wrote down mine. I think. Yeah, I think that you'll will disagree a lot. Um, Caleb Williams, USC. I think USC could. USC is going to go there. Um, and lastly. Oh, man, do I pick the sleeper choice? I've seen a lot of people really high on Washington. Um, uh, oh man. Would yeah. you say that they're the last one in? Mm, no, not in my prediction, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to put them down for now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, as a sleeper choice, right? You know, yeah, there you right? go. There you go. Sleeper choice. Uh, they're my sleeper choice, Washington. Um, the given, you know – the the one that's a little bit more surefire if we do want to say that um, there's fourth school there. Um, Florida State has been really good this year. F- yeah, FSU has looked good. So I would say for sure, probably Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and USC would be my four. That's um, an interesting Washington, Washington could also creep up there. Gotcha. All right. You want to hear mine? All right. Let's All right. Hear it. I'm going and I ranked them. I'm going to go number one will be the University of Georgia. I just don't really see them losing. Yeah. Um, Ohio State. I think they beat Michigan this season and win the Big Ten. I, I think that win versus Notre Dame will galvanize them. And that was a big win. Ryan Day and the Buckeyes will, will take it back to another. Uh, another college football playoff appearance. And then this is, this is the kicker. You're going to, this is where you're going to call me a Homer. Here we go. Number three is an undefeated university of Southern California. Okay. Okay. I think, I think USC. I I, I respect it. it. Number four, number four, all gas, no breaks, baby. This is the Homer pick. Yeah. The University of Texas is yeah. going to make it into the four. I do not think they go undefeated. I think Georgia and no way. I think Georgia, Ohio State, and USC. <laughs> I think they're all undefeated. I think Texas gets in with one with one loss. I could see them losing to like Kansas. One loss, one loss yeah. in the Big Twelve, and you make the College Football Playoff. Yeah, yeah, yes, know. because then here are my first two out. My first two out are Washington and Florida State. Okay. I mm-hmm. respect it. There you yeah. go. Uh, because I've been impressed by Washington. I mean, their offense just looks great. Michael I think, Texas, great. I think Texas drops at least one game. Um, one game that they're expected to win. Watch. It's going to be against like Kansas State. Or, or I don't even know if they play. That's Kansas what State I'm thinking. Kansas. Like when I'm looking. Um, I, I got to look at their schedule again. But they're going to drop think- one of those games that everybody and their mother is saying that they're going to like let's just look kansas could drop it this weekend houston that's another trap game i'm gonna say trap game every game is a trap game this season brigham young could be a trap game texas christian at amon g carter Mm. that could be a loss yeah iowa state and and you know playing texas tech to end the season that's a tough ender it's it's at dkr but that's a tough way to end the season. Yeah. So, we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens with them. But I do think that they drop at least one. If they drop two, they're done. They're not making the college football playoff. That's just my opinion. See, here's my thing. I think that the Oklahoma – the Red River rivalry game coming up here uh, after this week, I think that it's a huge deal for, for both teams because 
I personally, just looking at the Big 12, I think that whoever wins, uh, or pardon me, the matchup, OU and Texas, they'll be playing each other again for the Big 12 title, I think. So, so, you know, the winner of that game, that could have huge ramifications. So, like, we could be looking at, like, it could easily be Oklahoma at number four instead of Texas in my prediction. But yeah. I'm not been very impressed by the Sooners. That win against Cincinnati yeah. not, was not know. great. Was not great. I don't know. I feel like nobody's really been that high on them. That's why they're ranked 14. But well, they had an abysmal season last year. Yeah, that's fair. But, um, yeah, Brent Venables just hadn't found his way. But I think we're gonna wrap the pod here. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Good news. I do have. Uh, where where you can listen to the podcast because I wasn't sure the first podcast. I know for sure. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find it. Uh, right now, uh, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Music, and we are on SoundCloud. I'm looking into making it a YouTube channel. We'll see how I do that. Um, if we do, uh, it will be linked in the story. I would like to advise all of you to become uh, Mean Green 24-7 VIPs. With VIP content, you get behind-the-scenes looks and different analysis on UNT football done by yours truly, myself, uh, and a number of other bonuses, access to the forum, to VIP stories that other non-subscribers would not get. You do not want to miss that content, so be sure to subscribe and become a VIP today. Uh, other Phenomenal than that, promotion. Thank you for that. Phenomenal. Uh, thank you. But other than that, that's it for me and Milo this week thank you for listening to another Mean Green podcast are you kidding me Uh, have a good weekend and let's see if that UNT can turn it around and, and get back to two and two peace